Well, it's Friday again. Yes, it is. And that means not only is it Tank Top Friday, which is sweeping the nation, uh, <laughs> but it is My Day Friday. And we are now at, what are we, seven and seven years and like four weeks or something of My Day that would Friday? Be seven years and one month. Wow. <laughs> of My Day Friday. Because today is the, the 14th. So actually, we started it. On the, it was like 11th yeah. of April. Uh, anyway, welcome to the podcast. We actually have a special guest today. Uh, if you've never listened to My Day Friday before, my name is Anthony. I'm Carla Marie. Uh, we used to have a show on the radio, and back in July of 2020, they said, get the f- out, and we left, and now we still do this podcast. We have our Twitch show. We're going to talk about all of that. Um, should we play the sound first, Carla Marie, and then introduce our guest? Let's have our guest say hi first. Hi. Okay. okay. play it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us here tonight at the Elvis Duran Hotel and Casino. This is the main event. In the red corner, weighing in at 175 pounds, with 47 wins and 26 knockouts, he is the people's champion from the Dirty Jers, Worst Assistant Anthony! opponent in the blue corner she needs no introduction weighing in at 110 pounds 57 wins 38 knockouts ladies and gentlemen please welcome the pay-per-view queen the champion the crusher carla marie for the thousands in attendance and the millions listening around the world it's time to get down and dirty. It's time for My Day Friday. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> We're expecting this much energy in a podcast. Know. Okay. You gotta wait for it. Yeah, because you can't do anything of relevance before this part. I'm ripping the, the button he snaps off my pants and all those things. Y'all ready for this? There we go. I'm ready for this. Always gets banned. All right, I so think I'm ready for this. Carla Marie, why don't yes. you introduce <laughs> our guest this morning? We whatever, have whatever time you're listening to this. The one, the only Cassie Joe Craig. And I'm so excited. Hello. Okay. So now for people who don't know uh, you, Cassie, or what you do, mm-hmm. let's talk about the thing you do the most. Because mm-hmm. I know you do a lot of different things. Sure. The thing you're doing the most professionally right now is what? Stunt. I, I'm a professional stunt woman. I'm pretty sure I can call myself that nowadays. <laughs> At what point? When did when did you decide to call yourself a stunt woman? I, what, what what's the criteria you had to hit? Um, I don't know. I guess that's a good question. I I just think that wouldn't it be I like you it, land it's, your gig and you do it? Yes. Well, it's it pays my bills now. Okay. okay. So to me, uh, it's a profession. Okay. It is. So. It's my profession. And which yes. is, is that crazy to say? Like, did you ever think in, at any point in your life you'd be like, oh, I'm a stunt, I'm a professional stunt woman? Never. I mean, I dreamed about it all of the time, but I never knew how to get into it. And then I just fell into it. And I used so to say I, I wanted to do never, this. Like, no, never, you guys. Uh, you don't think that that's a thing that you can actually do. And growing up in Kansas. And the way that we actually all I kind of this. met mm-hmm. is uh, you listen to Elvis Duran in the morning show. Yes. In Kansas. Yes. And <laughs> one day I was on Elvis's show talking about auditioning or sending a tape in for American Ninja Warrior and yes. training. And you were also doing that at the same time. Yes. I had just heard about it. I was living in Kansas still at the time. And 
I heard about a girl named Casey Catanzaro, and I've talked about this on the Side Hustlers podcast yeah, already with Carla yes. Marie. But quickly, um, yeah, and and I was doing it all kind of on my own. I didn't know anyone else doing it, and I was listening to the show, and lo and behold, Worst Anthony is <laughs> talking about American Ninja Warrior, and I'm like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a chance, and I'm gonna email him and just like see what he's doing because I'm terrified and I don't know what going on at all and i live in kansas and i've never really taken any chances Crazy. like this and now so, you're like this yeah. big hollywood now, star I look mean, at you honestly like the <laughs> the series of events is crazy so, so you, you got on ninja warrior so yes i did get on ninja warrior that that season i had just gotten off of five years of running track at wichita state so i was still in kind of pole vault shape and hurdle shape mm -hmm. and um yeah i Tried it out. I had pretty good grip strength. Obviously, I could run. Yeah. I could run pretty quickly. I could maneuver quickly from the hurdles, and honestly, like it just was perfect for a perfect little transition into, I don't know, just something new. So, for people who are like, wait, she said she's a stunt woman. What is the difference between a stunt woman mm -hmm. and a stunt double? And do you do both? Okay, so a stunt woman is like just the the encompassing word that people okay. and women and men or stunt the people man, yeah. use. They're a stunt person, stunt man, stunt woman. So you can say now, you're a stunt person and that can kind of count yes. as a lot of different things. Yes, okay. exactly. You can either double somebody specifically or you can be in the background, you know, or in the foreground being the person that gets beat up. It doesn't really matter. But you're, so if you're a stunt person can be anything. And if you look like the person, then you become a stunt double, okay. doubling whatever okay. person you need to double. Right. Yeah. So you can be in a film and not mm -hmm. actually be a double for someone. You could just be getting blown up in the background. Or oh, something. absolutely. I mean, the best, the best, you know, example of that is any John Wick film that you see people getting shot or mm -hmm. shooting mm. or doing anything tactical, anything that looks super, you know, well thought out. It's either a stunt person or sometimes they will bring in somebody that is tactically trained oh, wow. as well. Cool. Um, but for the most part, if anyone's hitting the ground or anything violent is happening, that person is a stunt person. So even if they're not um, doubling, like you said, yes. for, for one of the main characters that you would know or one of the yes. main actors, if they're near danger, that is a professional 100%. person. It's not an extra that they're like, oh, hopefully this person makes it through. <laughs> yes. Okay. 100%. Because technically we are paid to be a liability on set pretty yeah. much like we're paid to get you're hurt. trained too yeah, we're paid and absolutely trained okay. like we are absolutely trained to know how to take hits um we train falling we train getting you know fake getting punched and what that would do to your body and how Damn, to oh fake my... it and look real and not get hurt how and an extra typically like, we spent the whole night getting drunk together <laughs> and we didn't <laughs> we did, do any we did, of it we did, we did. do you think your training uh -huh. And being athletic and everything, do you think you could be like a WWE wrestler? Like, because they also have to get trained on how to look like you're getting hit, how Are to like take a that fall. Wrestling is fake. I am. Let Ooh. me tell you something about wrestling. Wrestling is so much more hardcore than mm -hmm. doing stunts it's like a dance because routine. you have to do it live. It's kind of like what we're doing right now, which is kind of terrifying for me. I'm used <laughs> to like rehearsing and having takes, so anything live is kind of scary, but. I cannot imagine doing stunt performing mm -hmm. in a live sense because it is, I don't know how fake wrong. it is. Like maybe they have it scripted out, I'm sure, but they are kicking each other. They are throwing mm. each other on the ground. They, these people have just learned how to fall correctly yeah. so that they don't get seriously injured. Now, do they all have bruises constantly? Absolutely yeah. they do. And does something go wrong sometimes and they actually get kicked 
in the face. Oh, yeah. When it was supposed to not really be a kick, kick in the face. And then do they have to keep going? That's the crazy and part. And keep yeah. acting and not forget. Like, it's... W- oh, my listen. God, yeah. So if you're on set... And mm-hmm. you're doing a stunt. Let's say you're doubling for yes. someone. Famous yeah. person. They, they Also, shout out. out Casey Catanzaro because she does WWE Next now. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. NXT. And she's like, oh, my God. I haven't seen her. Is she, is she doing well? Do you have any idea? She's like, doing I'm, amazing. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just her biggest fan still. Love you. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> if she listens, please let us know. I will. Um, I'll send it to her. I'll make so listen. you brought up the fact that, like, yeah, if a professional wrestler gets hurt during yeah. a match, like, for the most part, unless, you know, it's terrible, they have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um. If you get hurt doubling for someone, mm-hmm. right? You step in, you do the scene, and the thing that was supposed to graze your head whacks you in the middle of the forehead, and you're like, right. what? Do they just shut everything down? Um, or do, are they like, get up and do it again? It didn't work. <laughs> so that's a good question, because as a new stunt person, you want to stop, and you want to be like, oh, crap, something went wrong. Mm-hmm. But what what you'll learn is that that's probably going to be the best take and you had better hit you. <laughs> you better stay in it dude because like if you actually do get punched in the face and it was supposed to be a near miss or yeah. you're just supposed to pretend to take it and you actually get punched in the face and then you stand up and you go oh no 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 i'm so sorry or the person that punched you yeah. typically that's typically who it is the person that accidentally punched someone will stop the take and be like oh my gosh i'm so sorry and then the person that just got punched is like, dude, I now I punched. now we have to do it again. And yeah. you just got punched in the face and for I just no got reason. Punched <laughs> in the face for no reason. And I bet that's the best take. Yeah. And yeah. so you just you uh, you right. take it and you that reaction that's on the ground or whatever you do, it's just it becomes real because <laughs> you're actually in pain. <laughs> Can you tell people where they may have seen you without knowing it was you? Yeah, so I was on Black Lightning for three seasons, the last three seasons. So two, three, and four. I doubled China McLean. Yeah. For people who are unfamiliar with the show, that's a DC Universe yes. storyline that's on the uh, CW, right? Yes, on the CW. I was about CW. to call it the WB. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that, it is so weird. still kind of right? Or How no? I mean, old that's am I? what it was. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. used to be. So a uh, so, yeah. DC show that's on the uh, God damn it, the mm-hmm. CW. <laughs> um, so you were. Yeah, so I doubled. If there. Yes, I doubled China McLean on that show as lightning or herself depending on whatever she was doing but i mean it's mostly her she's an incredible um performer so a lot of times even when her technique wasn't good as as good as mine her performance was so nuanced that that she would end up doing a lot of it and it was just so so much fun and she actually taught me a lot about performing and i taught her a lot about actual like physicality and it was a really really cool relationship yeah so then if you're supposed to be doubling for someone Mm -hmm. and they end up doing a lot of the stuff Mm -hmm. themselves do you like not get paid that day no no no, i still get paid i get paid no matter what as long as you show up that's what that tag after is for because uh, yeah and a lot of times yeah for sure and and that's why that union is there for us because um a lot of times we will do it 50 times with the camera and with the crew and get everything lined up just perfectly so that the actor or actress only has to do it once or twice. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so I will be the person that gets thrown around on the ground and they decide where they want me to, where they want to throw me and how they want <laughs> me to land and whether, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. or whether I, my leg is this way or that way. And I do that 50 times. And then they move they like cameras so and things like, around you? Yeah, and they'll okay. move cameras and they'll, you know, they'll say, hey, can you maybe like let's just lift your head up? You know, just little things like that. It's kind of like a, so you're still doing stunt work. It may not end up being you that's the take the that film. they pick. Yeah. 
but you are the person that is keeping your actor or actress safe because if they get hurt, mm-hmm. none of us get to come to work. True. Like if, if you know, on Black Lightning, there was three lead mm. um, superheroes pretty much. And if one of them got hurt, what were we going to do? Like we have to use their body. We have to put them in a super suit. We have to do, they, they're, it's so important for them to yeah. stay safe. So really my, my thing is to be like, okay, this is exactly how they're going to pick you up. This is exactly what you need to do with your legs so it doesn't hit that thing or that person. Here's a pad that is going to go here. Is a pad that's going to go there and a pad that's on the floor. Like yeah. that's at the end of the day the most important part because we as stunt people are the only people that are allowed to get hurt. Gotcha. <laughs> For the, yeah. Like. So then with someone because you hear stories about like Tom Cruise and mm-hmm, other celebrities mm-hmm. doing their own stunts like mm-hmm. why does that happen and how mm-hmm. how come more actors don't do that? Well, it's kind of like I said before. So China in particular is an actress and yeah. she knows her craft and she knows what she um, is good at and she knows what, what risks she's not willing to take. Gotcha. So she was really, um, really interested in if there was something that was somewhat uh, dangerous, she would say, isn't that like that's your job though, <laughs> like not in a mean yeah, way yeah. at all. But she would that just is your like, actual profession. yeah, like she yeah. Would, she would just like touch me and her her or her dad, um, MJ, who they're, they're just my favorite people in the world, and they would just be like, so this is this is something you're gonna do then, and I'd be like, yeah, whatever you want. Like I can show you how to do it, and you can tell me if you're comfortable, or I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, you just do it that's because cool. because sometimes their craft, yeah. my craft, is to hit the ground pretty much, and their craft <laughs> is to like lead a whole TV show, like. They're like the heart and soul and yeah. the face. And it's like they, they um, if someone is really interested in doing their own stunts, it is sometimes sh- super stressful on the stunt team because it's like, w- it's not that we want to do the stunt. Mm-hmm. It's that we can't, you can't get hurt. <laughs> yeah. So if you have got to come in and train with us, you've got to make sure that you know exactly wow. what you're doing and where you're supposed to be it's and like when you're just... supposed to do it. Like, and those are the only two options, man. Like you, if we, if you get hurt, it's on us. It's like just let day. the stunt people do their job. Yes. Let, ev- let everyone do their jobs, yeah. and everything's exactly. going to be fine. Basically. Exactly yeah. that. And, and some, but some actors definitely. And Jordan Calloway is a really good example on Black Lightning. He would, but he would come in and he would train with us okay. all the time. I mean, all the time. Are there? And he would do his fights over and over and over again. And a lot of the times it's him doing his fights because we felt safe. He felt safe. And okay. so on Black Lightning, he plays Painkiller on Black Lightning. And he hopefully, you know, we did a pilot for the new show. So we'll, we'll see if it gets picked up. Fingers crossed. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so and he's a really good example of an actor who does do a lot of his own stunts. But it's because he does all of the work. All the training. And there's all still the someone there if he needs someone that can yes. fill in. Yes. Where and and this- that too. Yes. If yeah. he gets hurt uh. or if he gets tired and he's done it 10 times times and he's like man i don't think i can do it yes there is somebody there on standby at all times to you know and that person's getting paid anyway and they're getting paid anyway so So we stand there and we check in (laughs) a lot of times like once we start filming i'm just there to check in with the actress and be like hey are you good and if they say no i can't something is kind of bothering me or like i need a break i'm the person that advocates and says hey either i step in or we take you know they need a break and i tell the coordinator that and the coordinator the stunt Mm. coordinator sort of decides how to you know move forward from there yeah so when you say that jordan was coming in and working with you guys Mm -hmm. where are like 
are you in a trailer just beating each other up or is there like a gymnasium you're in? So on Black Lightning, we had our own space on one of the stages that we could train um, as a team. How big is a space like that? It's pretty big. It's okay. like a, it's sort of like, it looks like a hangar. Oh, okay. So you're talking sort like of a situation. Whole, it's smaller like than that. Building. But it, yeah, it's yeah. like a, like a it's like high floor, ceilings. Kind of? Yes, because yeah. we also have to practice our rigging. Like if someone's getting thrown up into the air or falling out of the air, a lot of like superhero landings. So we needed high ceilings and we needed a lot of space. And so we would typically train there. Um, and when and if the actors and actresses wanted to come in and train with us, we would just bring them That's in. That's cool. And if they decided they didn't want to come in, then typically we, you know, that also means that they don't necessarily care to do their own stunts. And so, which is totally fine. And we figure it out from there. Okay. So then when did you go from, I was just on American Ninja Warrior to I'm now a stunt double in Hollywood. That was not even close to the transition. (laughs) (laughs) I moved to LA to do music and acting. Okay. And I was kind of ready to hang up my my athletic gear and all of my uniforms and How'd all that, that stuff. How'd that go? <laughs> Didn't go well. I tried really hard. And actually, my first acting gig was only because I was an athlete. It was an Apple commercial. And it was because I could do my own stunts for the most part. But even then, I had a stunt double there. Oh, ready wow. to do. Yes. I was hired because I could do my own stunts. Which, by the way, you can Google it. I'll actually put yeah. the link in the description of this yeah. podcast. Was it the Kino, what year? 20- 2018 Kino Apple yeah, intro film. And the whole film, you mm-hmm. are like the star mm-hmm. trying to get um, mm-hmm. Tim Cook's mm-hmm. remote to yeah. him. Yeah. So that he can do the keynote. So he can start that big, like, yeah, the big keynote speech. And you want to know what's And that's crazy. what they played at the so keynote. So all those tech nerds were watching you as they as yeah. got ready? That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And what's awesome is that, well, not awesome for me necessarily, but <laughs> to bring this all full circle, they hired me because I could do my own stunts. And after the first two days, I had done so many takes so many times that my legs had locked up. Oh, wow. My quads and hamstrings were completely locked. So the next weekend when we came back to film that, I had to say my dub, like my double has to do a couple of the things. Okay. Um, her name is Tiana Weberly and she's awesome. And she, and I was like, you, you have to make sure that she's ready because I can't do very many things today. They had, they brought in people like to help me get my legs what? because in that, and that is, was such a good lesson in actors doing their own stunts. Cause I'm the face of it. I yeah. have to do, I have to do it still. You're and, like and, running and, from but glass, I was like, rolling I could around. barely walk. I could That's barely badass. walk. And it wasn't nobody's fault but mine because I was like, yeah, I can do it. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. And that's and that's the kind of actor that is sometimes scary because it's like all of a sudden the next day they can't walk. And you're like, and then everything has to shut down. And right? then you're like, oh, man. Yeah. And I, it was such a cool lesson to learn and then also be a stunt person immediately after that and learn both sides of the you know spectrum. So it was and cool. We touched on this earlier, but we all became friends basically because you listened to Elvis, sent an yeah. email to me. We stayed mm-hmm. in touch. Then you were on Carla Marie Side Hustlers yeah. podcast. Um, but when we were talking a little while ago, Carla Marie and I weren't even sure how you discovered Elvis because mm-hmm. we weren't aware that yeah. he was on in Wichita. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that he was on in Nebraska. Didn't know he made it to Kansas. <laughs> but how did you find Elvis on the radio? Like, did you know who Elvis was or just you happened to find him one day? No, I was um, driving to school. I was going to Wichita State at the time. And I was driving to school and I kept... And I heard this man on the radio talking, like saying 
saying things that are offensive if you're not a gay person to say. Okay. And I didn't know he was gay. So were and you like just pissed like, at first? <laughs> I was just, I was like, I can't believe they're letting this on the radio in Wichita, Kansas. That, that was the first thing <laughs> I, I thought. That. I was like, I don't really like mind a controversial like person who's yeah, yeah. like saying some things, but I was like, first of all, that's super offensive. And super like, uh, a, a, some, uh, uh, what's the word when you, presumptuous yeah. of gay people. And then I kept, and then I was like, oh my gosh, okay, well. And, but you and kept I kept listening. I kept listening yeah. day after day on my, way to, on my way to school. And then one day he finally came like, actually said something about maybe Alex or dating a man mm. and I was like oh it's because he's gay that's so that makes so much sense I'm no longer offended but also he is about to get canceled in Wichita because the things he's talking about was like gay sex he was talking <laughs> about butt stuff he was talking about all and I'm like oh my gosh and I never heard anything like that in Wichita and I was just so intrigued yeah. and I was just it was such a breath of fresh air so I started listening I found him on um Apple Podcast yeah. or wherever you could find him because I was like he's about to get canceled and I need to know where to find him when That's that so happens funny. I don't want to lose but I think he's still I on there but yeah it's and funny that shortly after that yeah I, you were yeah but it's funny that you thought he was gonna get canceled at first because mm -hmm. he was talking about gay people mm -hmm. as as a straight man but then you thought he was gonna get canceled a second time just because he was a gay man talking about gay life for sure that that made it even more because at first I was like well people and unfortunately, like, you know, in the Midwest, like I was like, people out here will probably think that's funny coming mm -hmm. from a straight guy because they kind of oh, it, sort of say offensive things. Yeah, if it's straight, already. it's funny. But if he's gay, yes, but if he's actually like gay and he's advocate and he's just like talking about being gay and not uh, like and being in, in, even close to apologetic about it, which yeah. obviously you shouldn't be. But where I'm from, it is not something that you publicize. Do next. you think that? Wichita and just like places like Wichita, mm -hmm. right? Because I know he's out in Omaha. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's some similarities between Kansas and Nebraska. Sure. Sure. Uh, he's out in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Do you think places like that that may be a little more closed-minded or conservative or whatever, or maybe just don't have gay advocates there, mm. do you think that Wichita needed someone like Elvis to a degree? Yeah, I think so. And and I think that the, the just the way that I felt listening to it, mm -hmm. Um, I knew, I know I needed it. Okay. And I know that, you know, my upbringing, which is, which, which seems very diverse because my dad is black and mm -hmm. my mom is white. And it seems like I had this diverse upbringing, but it was all still very, um, very much like you, you, well, you definitely aren't gay, mm -hmm. you know, and if you are, you know, we'll, we'll try, you know, I don't know. I don't want to like say anything too harsh because mm -hmm. no, because I do think that my family would accept it, but it's definitely not like, it's okay, like, whatever you are, we're going to yeah. accept you. It was definitely like, it's real tough if you're gay. Well, that's not just kind your of family, that's, that's more than the community or, or, at I mean, large. And that's Wichita, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that is Wichita. And so for me, I know, I mean, I don't know a, a ton of other, because pretty shortly after that, um, I started doing Ninja Warrior. Okay. And then pretty shortly after that, I was doing music, and, and I listened to them every day. But yeah, it definitely kept me going. Um, and I know I connected with you with, with American Ninja Warrior, but when Bethany was on the show, mm -hmm. when Bethany left to pursue acting, I'm pretty sure it was acting. Yeah, she did. I yeah. was, was right when I was moving to LA to pursue acting. Yeah. That's cool. And music. And then, uh, when Gandhi came to the show, it was right when I moved to Atlanta to, per to pursue stunts by myself. 
and to Gandhi a city that I and, and, yeah. and Gandhi. And so I'm like, every time I listened to the show, it resonated with me. Well, every next time. Week, I mean, I'm in tears sometimes just oh, feeling yeah. heard. Oh, yeah. And she's a brown girl and I'm a brown girl. And it's just like, um, you know, in, a, in an industry and in a world where, you know, you are always going to be the minority mm-hmm. no matter what. And you're always going to be a little misunderstood or yeah. miscategorized or anything like that. And it was just incredible. Like that show for me, like, I know I'm making it all about me. And I know you no, wanted no. to say no, this. No, this Wichita is the point. No, Holy that's crap. the point. Yeah, but you are, but and not that you are Wichita or Wichita is you, but you're you a person, person in Wichita. Yeah. And yeah. you're the person we're talking to that's representing Wichita yeah. at the yeah, moment. Yeah, but that Elvis's show has been that. For so many yeah. people, I know what I'm oh, saying really? like your story is not like that's the I point hope of that other show. people have similar stories. And next week is 25 years oh, that's of so, his show. Yeah. You're so right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I'd never like nobody in my life understood the, the decisions that I was making until I wa- until I would listen to the show, and somebody would always say something that made me feel. Like I wasn't completely alone. Validated. And, just, yeah, yeah, and just like making crazy decisions. You know what's so interesting? And I literally just, just mm-hmm. realized that as you were saying what you were saying mm-hmm. in this moment, uh, Carla Marie and I have had the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, radio programmers and, and talk to, especially recently, talk to more radio programmers as we try to figure out what we're going to do next. And in our radio journey, we had added two people towards the end of our radio careers at the moment. Mm-hmm. We added two people to the show. And we keep we kept getting this question, well, oh, why did you add more people? Did you think you needed more people or was that forced on you or did you want it to happen? And we always said, no, we came from Elvis' show where sure. there were so many people. I mean, it was a, this large family. I mean, by the time we left Elvis' show, there were like 19 full-time employees. <laughs> it was insane. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and I think I realized – First off, from a radio programmer's perspective, mm-hmm. the less personalities you have, the less drama you have to deal with, the more you can concentrate on things. So I don't think radio programmers necessarily like the size mm-hmm. of Elvis's show, but mm-hmm. I think one of the benefits is, yes, Elvis is yeah. the guy. And I've never seen anyone control a three-ring circus mm-hmm. in a studio like Elvis mm-hmm. can. He gets the best out of everyone. Mm-hmm. He knows how to talk to the callers and do all of those things. But I think one of the real powerful driver driving forces I should say behind Elvis's show is there are so many people and they all have such unique stories and he does such a good job of letting everyone tell their story on the air without filtering them or muzzling them Mm. that those people even if they may not connect with Elvis directly right away Mm -hmm. they're going to connect with a Carla Marie or myself doing Ninja Warrior because a couple people reached out or Sam moving in with her boyfriend because that was something that they talked about you know or Garrett having his first baby yeah or Brody doing work in his garage while his three daughters and his wife are in the house like Scotty B couponing all of those things connect and the more specific you are the more you're going to connect with people I know it doesn't sound like that because I think in radio you're you're taught especially outside of the Elvis mm-hmm. bubble, like, oh, you have to be something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Wait, Everyone has so to connect with you. so weird you just said that because I'm like, where did I hear that? So I'm listening to the oral history of The Office right now. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Brian Baumgartner who plays Kevin. And literally in the episode I was listening to today, he said we learned within our characters that the more specific we were, mm-hmm. the more it appealed to mm-hmm. more people mm-hmm. yeah. because more people could truly relate to yeah. that specific person. And yeah. when I heard it, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then when you just said it now, I was like, what the hell? But it's so true. The more specific you are to yourself, 
the more people and it has you're to be true. Yeah. Ha- true you have to, to be like true to yourself yeah. in those those stories. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that Elvis has been able to grasp, and that's why he's so successful. Yes. Is the ego of the radio personality normally is, mm-hmm. oh, every story has to be about me. If yeah. I'm not the center of attention, this is going to stink. And we've seen it firsthand where radio, like someone will pitch an idea to a radio mm-hmm. personality and they'll take that story mm-hmm. as if it was their own instead of yeah. talking to the person who pitched it. Elvis will put on salespeople or Intern, engineers yeah. or whoever, whatever the story is, whoever owns that mm-hmm. story, he gives them that space. And I think that's giving people space has been what Elvis is so good at. And all of the things that you said connected are because Elvis gives people that space. Yes. And any feel any, and that resonates out to people who maybe Mm -hmm. aren't doing things the, the, the conventional way. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how it felt. It was like, I am okay. I am not, you know, some sort of strange failure for failing so much. Because that's a lot of yeah. what it was at first. It was a lot of failing a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And every time I would listen to the show, and I kind of told you guys a, a little bit about like this this full circle moment that I've had in stunts mm-hmm. recently. And I'm like, you know, how did I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that Elvis's show, listening to it every single morning without the you know I've, i look it up on on apple podcast mm-hmm. and i'll listen to it without all of any of the music or anything but it 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 has brought me out of so many funks yes of thinking that i wasn't doing exactly what i was supposed to be doing that day or that month or year or what i had and i'm just like and i really credit you know starting with you and and uh, start sorry starting with um worst anthony <laughs> that, you're in my phone as worst anthony by the way me too um, i think i have a lot of people honestly like still, yeah um starting with anthony and ending you know not even ending but and then going to carla marie's side hustlers podcast like all of those little things have made me feel that weird validation of being mm-hmm. like it is okay to do weird stuff and to reach out to people yeah. and make connections and like you're gonna find like-minded people and I mean, Elvis' show, I don't I know we're talking about a lot about Elvis' no, show, but. That's what we do. Yeah. But and wow. So he's also coming like, up on wow, 25 years. Guys, I, mean, yeah. I get it. It's, I know I do too. Yeah. But when you said reach out to people, so you reached mm-hmm. out to me about being on Side Hustlers. Yes. Which you started an entire mm-hmm. business, which we haven't even spoken about on mm-hmm. this podcast, mm-hmm. during quarantine. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood shut down. You yeah. didn't have yeah. work. Yeah. And you started making masks. Yes. I did. And <laughs> it was, you didn't have a sewing machine at the time. You bought one, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you knew how to sew from... My, uh, my grandma, grandma taught me on my, my dad's side. My black side, they all, she makes quilts. She's made me so many quilts and she's got nine kids and all of her kids' kids' kids <laughs> have three or four quilts. Like she knows how to sew and crochet. Yeah, and she taught me how to sew at a young age and I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands Man. and I don't know how to pay my rent. <laughs> so you did yeah so and you you did a full-blown business mm-hmm. out of your apartment for how long um it was a good f- there were two or three months that were really busy but all together it was about five before i shut it down and also masks were becoming so much more available that i was like i can't sell them for as cheap as other people because it's just me and my yeah, yeah. apartment it, yeah. yeah like so i was like i'm not gonna you know even be the person that's trying to necessarily profit off of this pandemic even though it was more like 
people need it and I need to pay rent. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a give or take um, kind of a situation. And then it eventually became not that. And I started working again and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't need this. And people should pay five, only $5 or 99 cents or whatever. Yes. Like that's all they should be paying. Yeah. And then you sold your sewing machine. Yeah. It's on eBay right now. Oh, it's available. Yes. If you're in the LA area, do you want to pick up a sewing machine? I'll ship it. (laughs) It's a very expensive embroidery. It also embroiders. Oh, It's very nice. I, I embroidered like bls4 stunt team for the black oh, lightning cool. season like that's cool. made masks for everyone this year and that was my last thing i was like once i'm done with this i'm retiring from the mask sewing that's business cool. <laughs> i wish so my grandmother also yeah. she was a seamstress like mm-hmm. that's how she helped my grandfather kind of bring in a little bit of money i believe when they first moved here and she would do stuff for the the family all the time like if we needed our pants hemmed or whatever it all mm-hmm. went to my grandmother mm-hmm. my grandfather was a carpenter so both of my grandparents, like, unbelievably resourceful, good mm-hmm. with their hands. What do you do? I've taken none of that. I've taken none of that with me. And it, it sucks. I wish I, I wish I sat down with them. Yeah. I would, and I don't think a lot of, like, little boys are like, oh, man, I can't wait to sit down and learn how to sew. But I would have, like, yeah, looking right back, now, I would have loved it. I, I love that kind of stuff. And I love I would, hearing that kind of stuff. I would go to my grandfather's. He had, his garage was converted. The top floor he built into a wood shop. Mm-hmm. And I would go in there and I was just so scared of everything, of chopping off my finger, because my mom would always tell, like, if you go up there, you're going to chop off your finger. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> So fair. I just never went, yeah. unless but I had to help you, him carry wood up. I mean, you look at people like Laura Burkhart, who mm-hmm. I've talked about a ton, and has been on Side Hustlers, and she was my 100th episode, and yeah. all, mm-hmm. like, that is her craft. Mm-hmm. And she does woodwork beautifully, and now she has her daughter, and she's going to teach her and bring her into it, but it's crazy seeing someone like her do what she does, and then have Anthony, who's grandfather yeah did similar stuff and he doesn't know how to do anything i wonder so my dad's side of the family mm-hmm. so my grandfather and my grandmother my mom's side were the ones that were like super great with their hands uh, in terms of like making things yeah my dad's side of the family i think my grandfather was a barber for a little bit but i don't think he was like it was more of like a, he just cut people hair people's hair to make ends meet at okay. one point in his life um and then my dad he does work with his hands. I do have to give him credit because he's a jeweler and he well, yeah, can create you did that. jewelry. Didn't you do that? And I learned a little bit of that from my dad. Okay, that's But right. I'm not nearly as good. I mean, he's like, he can do professional diamond setting. He can fix, he can solder rings together and make new pieces mm. of jewelry. Like, he, Danielle Monero actually goes to my dad. This sounds oh, like you wow, just did an so endorsement. Cool. <laughs> no, he's, I but, know, but, that's saying, so, but that's just because it's so cool. Well, yeah, but I'm saying the way you were saying it, <laughs> like I've been listening oh, to, really? like it was a radio, like, no, he's great. He can do great new rings because Danielle Monero shops there. But, uh, yeah, it's like name yeah. dropping. Lamarazzo. Anthony sent you. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, but um, <laughs> I didn't learn from any of my parents, any of my aunts, uncles. Like they were all super resourceful, and then I just ended up here somehow <laughs> with a microphone. I don't know. I mean, they talk. Oh, they talk. I'm like the quietest one in my whole family. Interesting. What? Like volume wise, 100 percent the okay. quietest one. Okay, fair enough. But I'm also not the most talkative in mm. my entire family either. No That's one weird. in my family did music. Oh, yeah. So uh, thank you for saying that because oh, I do oh. want to talk about your music, Okay, which we're going to also put a link in the description of the podcast so you can ke- uh, check out everything Cassie does, by the way, but especially her music as well. So did you do music growing up? I, I did a little bit. It was like one of the many things I just wanted to try. Right. And I got some solos. And then when I tried out for the choir, I didn't make it in like fifth or sixth grade. So I was like, oh, OK, I'll just do gymnastics and karate and <laughs> Crazy. cheerleading and all the other eight things that my mom was already paying for i'm sure she was like <laughs> very relieved that i like let go of one of them but um 
But yeah, so that I didn't really do it again until I was 20 something and I was drunk at a club <laughs> and I was at a live show in Wichita seeing a friend that I, Rudy Love Jr., who I, you know, would go to see all the time. And I was like, I like singing a lot and I think that I'm good at it. <laughs> Very good. <drunk. laughs> like, like, I think I can sing. Rudy, like, what do you, what do you think I'm going to be that? the best. <laughs> I'm going to be so good. <laughs> and and he was like, well, send me something that you have. So I sent him like an Adele daydreamer by Adele. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I sent it to him and he listened to it the next day and was like, hey, I'm going to come over and we're going to, um, I'm just going to play some songs and you just oh, cool. cover them, you know, exactly yeah. the way you know them, just cover them. And we started with daydreamer, of course, and we moved on to like some Lauryn Hill. Um, um, oh, what's the one that she does? The Fuji's one. Uh, killing, killing me softly, softly. Yeah. thank you yes and um and he was like he made a call i remember he made a phone call to a friend and goes we're going to an open mic and i go oh cool okay like when and he's like right now and i'm like <laughs> oh my god no you <laughs> like and so he went to an open mic and i did terribly uh, did he tell I'm you that or did sure. you just tell I yourself i mean i told myself that okay. i think i forgot yeah, the like words him. a couple times and it sound, but every but when i got off the the stage i could tell that everyone was like pretty excited slash um nice okay <laughs> they didn't really throw things at great. you yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't great because that's not a that's not something that you can do is as many times as movies will show it as like something you can just, just step show on up stage, on stage. And yeah. Like, not, yeah. like it is a craft that you have to wield and it's different than being in your shower yeah. and singing oh, yourself yeah. So, um, and, but I fell in love with it then. And we started doing a lot of live shows together. And anytime I would go watch him at a show, he would pull me up on stage. That's cool. And then another friend of mine, <clears throat> excuse me, Josh Silly, who's a rapper actually out in um, Oklahoma. I would go to his shows all the time. And one night did the same thing. And he mm -hmm. was like, I've been doing, I was like, I've been doing music with Rudy Love Jr. I don't know if you know him. And he's like, yeah, I've heard, of, I've heard of him. And I'm like, so uh i do kind of kind of do music now and he's like that's awesome sing killing me softly no way <laughs> you picked that one out of all of them no way because i kind of you know i'm a mixed girl like i i super like love soulful type of music yeah. and i think at the time i may have had braids in my hair even or something mm. which made him you know he was like sing lauren hill and i sang it for him and then the next day we made a song called oh, cool. pressure that got a million streams like i mean i don't know what it's at even now right right now but we we made that and he was like that's gonna get a million streams. What? The day, cool. the next day, dude, it was crazy. And then that's how it started. And where I was, was it streaming? Was it was it SoundCloud originally? It's on or? Spotify. No, okay. no, no. We put it out on Spotify. Okay. I mean, we put it out like for real. We made a music video for it. Um, that's probably got like thirty or forty thousand views. Like for an independent artist, that's pretty good. Kind of situation. Yeah. And then yeah, so, and then that's when I, I moved to LA after I did about I did two years of Ninja Warrior and I had started doing oh. music and me and Rudy Love Jr. had started a band and Michael Michael N. Uh, the three of us started a band and so I moved out to LA cool. to do the band thing and do the acting thing and then the stunt thing came. I around. think the thing that I I realize I've probably taken for granted and mm -hmm. not that I ever wanted to like really pursue being a singer or anything like that mm -hmm. but growing up in New York. I think you always assume like, oh, I could just go find like a bar that's doing an open mic night or and even New Jersey, New York. Like there's just so many places where you can go and the industry is also kind yeah. of based there. Obviously, L.A. as well. Um, what is it like trying to do that in Wichita, Kansas? And now I, I know that Wichita is not as probably flat and 
sparse no, as yeah. people in New York probably uh, think uh, it is. It's a city. Yeah. It's a real it city. Is. But it's also not New York and not LA. Yeah. So like do you are there are there a core is there a group of like mm-hmm. core four bars that people go to for like open mic nights and things like that? Yes. Okay. Um de- well, okay. So I'm speaking scene, really? from living there three or four years ago and I do think that the scene has changed a lot because there was like you said like a handful of places and credit to Rudy Rudy Love Jr. his dad's name is actually Rudy Love and he's been in the music industry for forever um and I mean just done some incredible incredible music um and that entire family they're all still in Wichita and I haven't seen it yet but they have made that the music scene maybe not just them i mean i guess i can't give them all the credit mm-hmm. maybe but for the most part it's it's expanded so much cool. and people are loving live music That's cool. and and all of the things that you know i feel like i was going out and i was like oh wow i need a bigger stage or something i don't know like i was like oh yeah. i feel like wichita like we only go to the same three or four bars i feel like it's not like that anymore really? because rudy love is uh junior is there now doing music and he kind of doesn't want to leave that's cool and that's that's incredible a lot yeah i wonder if just yeah. the the proliferation of a streaming services of consumer grade products that are actually good yeah. quality for mm-hmm. recording i wonder if all of that has kind of you can work from anywhere yeah you, you can, can do it not just working from anywhere but you can create good music really and good, good products you don't have to go to anywhere. nashville you don't yeah. have to go to new york or la and exactly. find a recording studio like we have these pads on our yeah. wall right here. Like mm-hmm. you can do this from home. You can. And and COVID has taught a lot of yeah. musicians yeah. that you can collaborate from different places. And Rudy and I even when he moved back to Wichita, we kind of decided we kind of I think assumed that we couldn't make music together anymore. And we just talked recently and we're like, We're gonna do. We're making yeah. an album. We have to. We're we're gonna do it. We're gonna figure it out and we're gonna bring in other people from other places and we're not gonna let it hold us back anymore and so is that the next thing you're going to do? Mm-hmm. That's the next project I'm um, going to start fresh, pretty much. But okay. I've got some that are ready to be put out. I'm just, you know, figuring out the logistical yeah. part of it, okay. which is exciting. So do you write the music, too? It depends. Sometimes I do. Oh, my God. Teach me that. That won't hurt my body. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. That's why I love music. It's because it's like it doesn't hurt anything when I write songs and just sing into a microphone. Just yeah. my heart. It's a whole different kind of adrenaline rush. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm like, I think this is something I can sustain for a while. Um, do you have any projects? Because, obviously, I think mm-hmm. the the fact that you you do stunts, mm-hmm. I think, is still something that I find fascinating. And fascinating. I feel like I ask you yeah. questions all the time. No, it's um, where are there things that are coming up that people can find you in? So this lo- most recent season of Black Lightning that's okay. out is still coming out. Um, I let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I well, was that you in, can say of. that I can yeah, talk yeah, about. Course. There yeah. are things I obviously that I can't, but we'll be able to I mention them I, on I our show and yes. podcast when the well, time then, comes. Yes, let as me ask soon you a different question. Then. Yeah, let me ask you a different question mm-hmm. then. Um, what are the rules? Like, is there an unwritten rule like, oh, you don't tell people that you were this person's double. They don't want people knowing there was a double. Or is that not really a thing? It's not like you're not trying to keep a secret. Yes. I haven't really run into that. But you do definitely wait until the project comes out. Until it's on a screen. Until it's on a screen and it's like widely consumed before you say, hey, I doubled this person in this thing. You don't like start posting pictures and say, hey, you know, here I am on the set of blah, blah, blah. But why is that? Because if the the star of a mm-hmm. show or movie can post mm-hmm. stuff from the set and talk mm-hmm. about being in that movie, mm-hmm. but you can't. 
Um, you said it's an unwritten rule. It is. I think it's a little bit more of an unwritten rule for sure. It, it's just, it also sometimes can give away plot points. That's okay. If you have a stunt double, it's like, oh, you know, oh, and be doing crazy even if it's subtle, okay. yeah, or if you're and, in a certain, there's certain mm-hmm. parts of the stunt yes. world you can be in that yes. you said there's fire, mm-hmm. there's different things mm-hmm. that people can do they, so, that they can specialize in. Yeah, for sure. So if someone truly knows what you yeah. specialize in, they maybe, can yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not necessarily just because a, a fire guy is, is posting something right. about it doesn't mean that there's a fire, but I mean, it's it's really just trying to keep the anonymity and 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 what's the point of taking the chance? That's yeah. more. That's, that's more fair. what it is. It's like mm, just don't take the chance. Just wait. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think we've ever done like a full third person my day Friday like with a. Mm. We used to have radio guests on. Yeah, but that was still not even the whole show for the most part. Um, I feel but thank you. Of course. I know you're you're visiting in the area. You stop by. This is the first time, even though we've talked through mm-hmm. social and emails yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. This is like the first time we've been able to meet in person, I know, which it's is really cool. Always a lot of fun. Um, if you want to find out anything more about mm-hmm. Cassie Joe or Cass, as we could call her, mm-hmm. I um, we're so used to the two name thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the link to the music is in the description of this podcast. The link to her Instagram, Instagram. if you also want to just follow along with her um, escapades yes. around Hollywood and America and, <laughs> and the world. Her Apple keynote kickoff oh, video, yes. which is one of my favorite things to watch. Um, Anthony and I, I think, are going to be possibly on Elvis' show next week. Hopefully Monday. Oh. Yeah, um, if you're listening to this uh, this weekend, Friday, yeah. Saturday, or Sunday, make sure you tune in. Even if it's not just for us, I don't know what time we're going to be on. But Elvis deserves every year in America mm-hmm. to be celebrating 25 years um, doing the same show. Yes, different people have come and gone, but... The fact that he's been able to do that. Listen, we had a show for five years and it didn't last. Okay. We had a show for five years and it was three different shows at the same time. <laughs> um, he deserves every ounce of love and respect that is going to be thrown his way on Monday. Mm-hmm. And he deserves every ear that can listen to it because he is an unbelievably incredible human. Um, so make sure you check that out. And then obviously we do our show on Twitch Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. That link is in the description as well. Anything, Carla Marie? Cassie Joe was just taking a video of us. That's and fine. I was very confused as to oh. what was happening. Oh, here's and the now video. we're on <laughs> podcast selfies. <laughs> Yay! All right, everyone say goodbye. Bye. Bye.